0: Hey, Doug. Hey, Karen. And hey, listeners. Happy New Year to you all. It's been a wild one.
1: It has been. So, yeah, and we're almost out. I'm sorry. I'm still texting.
0: <laughs> well, guys, she's not <laughs> texting and driving. She's just texting and <laughs> podcasting. I'm sure many have done it. It's fine. But you know what's funny is that Karen was also saying how exhausted she was, and she's like, I just might not be jokey, so... Uh, I'm I'm going to try and be funny and I'm just going to assume that if Karen doesn't laugh at the things that I say that uh, they're actually funny and it's not me, it's her. Yeah. Hopefully you will laugh out loud even when she does not.
1: Yeah, and I have like this, um, you know, holidays, like family stuff and so I'm trying to like sort out this thing that like now just got changed for tomorrow and it's all very last minute and poor Doug was just like, I was like, I just have to do a quick tax. And now it's been like on and on and
0: on. <laughs> See, guys, we let you peek behind the curtain, and it is exciting, isn't it? well, Karen texts. I will. I will go ahead and speak for both of us. And and thank you for being a part of this uh, crazy years podcast. Um, it's been nine nine and a half months now since we uh, <laughs> entered all of this quarantine life together. <laughs>
1: Um, I was like nine, nine and a half years. No, not
0: months, years. It it feels like it. (laughs) Um, And as much as we've adapted, I know it still feels weird and a lot is unknown. So um, we appreciate you guys just standing by us as as we've gone through it and talked about what we've been able to keep up with. Um, And so as Karen knows, I saw a couple movies this week. I feel so with it because I'm not catching up. On something that's months or year old. um, I have a couple movies. That I can talk about.
1: And one of them I was supposed to see this weekend. And then we realized that I don't actually. Have HBO Max. So we didn't actually watch it.
0: So. Well let me ask you about that. I have had a problem with HBO Max now for months. Because it wasn't available on Roku. Or Fire Stick. And then about two weeks ago. um, My fiance was like. I'm just going to try again. And it turned out. It was finally available. So that has kind of opened up a new world. But the thing was, you could be an HBO subscriber and still be unable to watch HBO Max on a suitable platform. Like, we weren't going to sit and watch it on an iPad or a computer together. Um, We were able to finally get it on our TV.
1: Yeah, the whole HBO, HBO, like, I'm so confused by the whole thing. Like, why can't it just be one thing?
0: I know. And, And also, if you already are paying for one, why can't you get the other?
1: Well, exactly. Because that's usually what you get with cable. Like, if you pay yeah. for HBO, yeah. you get all of it.
0: Right? Like, So I get it. If you want to do a la carte, and you want to just buy the streaming monthly rate for HBO Max, cool. But if I'm already getting all of HBO, how come I can't get everything that HBO is also putting on HBO Max? B.S.
1: Yeah. But, kind of but this
0: is how we live, and this is where we are. So um, it turns out, can get the HBO Max stuff now on our TV. Um so I'm sure we'll we'll catch up to some things. Which is my cue to you listeners, if there are things you have watched on HBO Max uh that you want us to see, either because you wish us well or because you want us to actually talk about it, um please let us know. You can reach out to us on the socials. We're back on the block pod on Facebook. Um we are always open to taking requests. So if you have anything to recommend um, or have anything to say? Stay away from. We are all pod ears.
1: We are like FM radio DJs. We are taking requests.
0: Oh, do you remember the FM radio?
1: I do I fondly. Miss radio. I miss FM. I do too. I really do. like the old school FM radio. I totally do. Um. So yeah, I my problem with HBO Max was that I got an email because I have my uh, mobile on AT and T. And I got like this email that was like, oh, you can, don't forget to sign up for HBO Max. It's free with your whatever. And I was like, what? So I finally um, investigated this weekend and found out I can only get it with an unlimited plan, which I got rid of a couple of years ago uh, because I wasn't yes. using it. Um, or no, it was, I, I wasn't really using the unlimited and I needed... I needed to tether my computer to my phone and you actually couldn't at the time get unlimited uh, data if you were going to use tethering, which I thought was really bullshit, but whatever. It's all bullshit. So I ended up like changing my plan and now to change it back to unlimited, although it looks like now you can tether, it would be an extra 15 bucks a month. And I'm not really going, like there's maybe like one or two months where I go over my allotment, uh, my data allotment a year, but it's not like a lot. So I would, and it's pandemic, so I'm not going anywhere anyway that would like cause me to go over my allotment. So mm-hmm. I was, so I was kind of like, well, it's an extra 15 bucks a month for that, but it's an extra 15 bucks just to have HBO Max, which I could cancel at will. So I was right. kind of like, what, like, why would I do that? So anyway, needless to say, um, I didn't actually watch anything on HBO Max this weekend because I was, investigating whether or not i actually could get hbo max um included with my cell phone and i can't
0: yeah so thanks hbo that was a waste of a lot of time
1: thanks for nothing time warner
0: all of them well so the thing you were gonna watch that we did watch is wonder woman 1984
1: so yeah, do you want to talk about that first or the other one? I mean, you because you, this is all you. I've seen nothing.
0: I, yeah, I'll talk about this, and I'll keep everyone in suspense for seven seconds about what my other movie this week is. <laughs> um, so I don't want to spoil anything because you are at some point going to eventually see this on HBO Max, I correct?
1: Am, I am, but you know what? Spoil away. I've already read. I know. I already. I've already read a couple of pieces on it, and you know, I am the person that flips to the last page of the book to find out what happens. It does not ruin my enjoyment. So you feel free to spoiler if you're worried about me, you can spoiler me. If you don't if you're worried about the listeners, that's something else.
0: Yeah, I'm also thinking about the listeners. So okay. I'll be vague. But I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was terrible. It was flawed, but it was fun. Um, it's not trying to do anything particularly clever or groundbreaking. Um I don't think it really lets down that much that was set up in the first one. Um, I just think it's fun. It's set in 1984, like the title suggests. Uh, Diana Prince, Wonder Woman's alter ego, is living in Washington, DC. Um, she's working at the Smithsonian. Uh, and, and Kristen Wiig is her very frumpy new colleague. Um, and while she, well, the two of them, Get to know each other and form a friendship. Um, Diana Prince's slash Wonder Woman's uh, one-time true love is able to show up in her life. Um, in a way that she did not think he would be able to. Uh, and they set out to to go after this bad guy, who's played by Pedro Pascal of Game of Thrones and of The Mandalorian, and who I, at one point, was friends with in real life. So that's always cool to see him in these, these big-deal Hollywood things. Um, it's fine. The development of all of these characters is kind of half-assed. They are, as the villains in this movie, as they go are pretty low stakes. I mean, they're not nearly as nefarious or mustache twirling as, as a lot of other villains are, e- either action or in a superhero universe. Um, if you step back for more than two minutes, you can poke holes in just about everything and ask questions about why this, why that. Do I think Gal Gadot is particularly good? Uh, I don't. But I thought the movie was fine. To sit at home, especially and watch it, and since most people don't have to uh, see it in the theater, is you know pretty easy. I didn't have to say, "Well, I spent forty bucks on it." Right. Um, <laughs> it was just a Saturday night.
1: I didn't well, have to show up three hours early to get my
0: seat. yeah. You didn't have to spend a whole day waiting, uh, <laughs> staking your claim on a seat. Like you know, what's funny is, and I think I alluded to this on our other podcast that um, you know Alyssa often reads to me like what people say on social media and and I'm like I don't I don't need to hear these conversations it's it's too much vitriol it's too much energy it's too much unearned love and all of these uh extremes in all directions um there there seems to be a lot of negative reaction to the movie and I just think it's uh, I think it's misspent energy um it's fine.
1: Yeah, I was going to say movie like, is I've fine. Seen it's fine. It's a of surreal. negative. Yeah, I've seen a not a, like a lot of negative negativity, a lot of backlash, a lot of um you know, um, you know, from from people just being like, "Oh, it's just bad." to like, I mean, there seriously was like a a, a me too dissection moment um where they basically accused Wonder Woman of rape.
0: Uh, whereas where wonder woman was the perpetrator right yeah yeah which i disagree with is what i'll say um i don't think that is what is happening
1: yeah i mean it was it's like i was it, like i'm reading all of this stuff and then i saw like one random tweet where somebody was just like it's an 80s movie and it's fantastic and i was like oh okay that makes more sense you know especially watching cobra kai um which we had talked yeah, about yeah i mean week. You yeah, know. the
0: you know, the costumes and the set and the hairstyle, it's all it's all fun poking fun at, you know, all the 80s trends of the time. I was expecting to see Rubik's cubes all over the place, but you know, you get a big action sequence at an open air mall, uh, or in an enclosed but 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 like food court area of the mall. Um, like I thought it was fun and it really does summon that kind of light Summer feel that '80s action movies had, kind of similar to what Stranger Things chased as well. Um, mm-hmm. I liked it. So I, then, why
1: do you think there is this back? Because even with Cobra Kai, which is not set in the '80s, but there is this sort of '80s sensibility, and it is kind of, and it's really poking fun because they're looking at the '80s through the 2020-ish, you know, late like the 20. I don't even know what it's called. The 20 anyway, lens our, our contemporary lens and sort of poking fun at what the 80s were, the the Reagan era, the excess, the um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, the pervy guys and the heavy metal, you know, and the pin up women and you know, they are they're sort of poking fun at that. I, and I've just completely lost the plot here. I am so tired. What was my point?
0: You were saying about pe- what what people are Objecting to in the Wonder Woman
1: movie. Yeah, and I don't remember. Well, I what think the point was so. I think.
0: Well, let me let me try and answer your almost question. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the original Wonder Woman meant something in a social context to a bunch of people, sort of in a similar vein to what Black Panther the movie did, which is like okay now we finally have a big hollywood superhero movie where the woman is the lead where an actress is carrying the movie and it sort of armed it with extra responsibility that probably was unjust and i don't think they had a problem with the first movie but i do think those voices seem to have a problem that the second one is not upholding um whatever that responsibility is, which I think is a bunch of hooey because, A, I don't think the first one really did that much that was more socially responsible. Um, I, and I just think this is this is a fun movie about okay. non-human people with superheroic powers in a fictitious version of our world. So nothing needs to mean more than it does. This is not a movie that needs to have somehow let you down. You just go along with it. You go for it. You don't have to like it, but it doesn't have to actually be violating any code. And that's, I think, what people create in in their own mind or in chat rooms, in on Twitter threads, that sort I mean, of
1: thing. I, I guess it's I all of, destructive. Yeah, because I kind of feel like, isn't that a superhero movie, though? I mean, they do. Like, I was, I was reading this sort of takedown of it that I think, was in Forbes, like somebody linked out to it. And, and it was kind of a critique of the whole superhero genre in general, which I think is fair, right? I mean, there is this sort of... Um, which I also think the boys, which is that show on Amazon that we talked yeah. about a couple of weeks ago, um, sort of like pokes holes, you know, pokes fun at that. We have these superheroes who are going after these villains who the villains are unhappy with their life and are trying to change the status quo. And yeah, And so the superheroes come in and fight to keep the status quo alive. Right. And so, and so, and why, because why would you do that? You know, if the status quo isn't working, um, it was the gist of it but that's a superhero movie you know and I don't know I just kind of felt like these these things exist as a as a as a as a a specific genre and and there are genre conventions and I don't know I guess I guess part of me felt like oh here we go again poor Patty Jenkins is getting shit on Mm -hmm. like all (laughs) Like that's all I could think about when I started seeing all of this criticism. I was like, Oh, here we go again. Poor poor Patty Jenkins is getting shit on once again. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. You can but yeah, you can say you can point to whatever flaws you find within the format, but but that's a very different thing than saying that this is violating something. This is now being somehow irresponsible. It's not irresponsible. It's just a movie that you didn't like. Right. Like it doesn't carry over into the real world. It doesn't upset any of our actual like order in this country or on this planet. It's a movie you either see or don't see. It's a movie you either enjoy or don't enjoy. It's not a documentary. No one behaved irresponsibly in putting it together. There's no, there's no agenda here it's a movie, some people got together, they had an idea of how to continue the story and set it up for another movie to follow, and it either works for you or it doesn't, but it doesn't upend, you know, anything involving one's political or emotional or, or you know, physical health in life. Right. Like, let's, let, let's all calm down. Because the movie, truth be told, isn't worth all that energy it's just a movie and the more people hate on it the more every we i and usually my fiance are so critical so many times of so many things we look at things from their aesthetic value of are there flaws is the continuity there all those things and we're always against the grain we find flaws with things that everyone blindly falls in love with and then we find things that we're like this is pretty good this isn't so bad i'm enjoying this and then Alyssa goes on Twitter, and it's like, the whole world hates this. Like, it broke 18 different constitutional laws. Right. And this is, like, another example. <laughs> and that's actually true of the other movie that I saw this weekend, which is Soul, the new Pixar movie, which landed straight on Disney+. Plus. So, again, we can watch that from the comfort of our home.
1: Yes. Um, oh, I just want to throw out there about Patty Jenkins. Um, she wrote and directed my, one of my favorite movies of all time monster
0: monster did she write it herself too
1: i believe she wrote that too uh, maybe i'm wrong
0: but i think you I- might be right she's also and i have not listened to it she's on this week's mark Marin podcast is
1: so, she uh, now can- oh i might have yeah. to listen to that yeah i
0: you I, in fact i thought of you when the name came up so uh, you should definitely play it
1: yeah because i loved monster i thought i think that's one of the best movies ever made yeah no i think she's a really talented filmmaker yeah i agree um, okay. Anyway, even though I I know I wasn't nuts about the first Wonder Woman, I thought it was eh, all right. But you know, I'm not crazy about the superhero movies. It's just not my thing.
0: That's that's sort of where I stand. And yeah. um, Unless it's like the Tim Burton Batman movies.
1: Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, but even those, I I, I was I'm still a little like not so much about. Although I did really enjoy Gotham. Um,
0: Interesting which, the CW really has you in there thrall. The,
1: See I mean I am the CW girl I mean the Go- Gotham was one of my One of the best TV series I think on the planet Did that
0: just end this past year or did it end longer Well I guess this past year this was
1: I think it long. ended in 2019 Was oh, it okay. final Yeah I think 2019 was when it had its finale Which like totally bums me I think I've been hearing like little snippets Of like something coming back with Gotham um, uh, or something Gotham-esque or like another, or maybe they're taking another stab at the Batman story but I just thought that it was so well done and so noir and I'm talking about something that's not even on the air anymore so I'm just going to stop but anyway <laughs> <laughs> like we're not here to talk about Gotham let's talk about Soul, fuck that okay, <laughs> okay. I you haven't even soul. heard I didn't even hear about this until like Seriously, like, you mentioned it. And I was like, what?
0: Well, I'll tell you a bit. Okay. Uh, It is about a middle school music teacher named Joe who um, lives in Queens, works in New York. Um, And he's kind of like an unfulfilled musician, a jazz musician in his life. And um, voiced by Jamie Foxx. And kind of gets a really big break working with this real famous uh, female jazz legend voiced by Angela Bassett. To Evo Club. Um, and shortly thereafter uh, uh, falls down an open manhole and is not dead but his soul we find him in this limbo um, headed toward the great beyond so looks like things don't look so good for Joe. Um, but he's able to sneak into this other realm um, called the great before um, where where Unborn souls are getting primed to take over Mm -hmm. a a new life on Earth. And he meets this unborn soul named number 22, voiced by Tina Fey. um, And through a a, a confluence of events, um, they are both sent back down. And the Tina Fey character ends up accidentally getting back into Jamie Foxx's body. So the <laughs> Tina Fey soul is in Jamie Foxx's, this guy Joe's, body. Jamie Foxx, meanwhile, is now in the soul of a cat that happened to be in the same hospital room as him. Ah, uh, so, okay. So we follow um, Joe as he goes through, like, the next day or so of his life. Um, but but the physical character is it's um, Tina Fey. Basically, at the driving wheel, um, but and and so the cat is accompanying him along to try and make sure that she's doing all the things this guy Joe should be doing. There are some things that don't really make sense. Like there are times when Joe, with this new soul, is is doing stupid things. Like he doesn't know you don't you don't pick up a half drunk Slurpee on the seven train. You don't do that, but there are other times when the Tina Fey character speaks as Joe and says, "No, I know how to do all this because I can read it imprinted in your brain." So it's like, well, then doesn't she know how to do everything? Joe would know how to do anyway. But they basically—it's kind of like, like a weekend at Bernie's from The Inside Out, where the okay. wrong person is inhabiting this guy's body and he's sort of stumbling around town trying to make it look like he's still him. But both people are learning something along the way. They're learning valuable life lessons along the way. Um, it doesn't really make sense, though, because there's one scene when the Joe character is talking to his mother, played by, uh, voiced by Felicia Rashad, and, and they have a very sweet bonding conversation about how they have both felt <laughs> about the other one. But it's not the Jamie Foxx guy saying this it's it's coming from tina fey so how would she know all of this stuff if she's not really him these are quibbles these are not minor things overall i like the movie very much okay. it's a little confusing because sometimes we hear this joe character sound like tina fey and sometimes we hear him sound like jamie fox when he's talking to other people who don't know and it should either be one or the other consistently um uh, but I like it. I wish it was a bit longer, quite frankly, because I was enjoying it. I feel like they could have um, even drawn it out a bit more and and made it fulfilling. But I thought it was good. The animation is gorgeous. Um, beautiful to look at. The way they draw queens the, and all of that is great. Um, and But that's another example where I find uh, a bunch of unrest on social media with people objecting to, to various elements of of the story and of course it comes down to race because Mm. soul was the first pixar that has a black lead so now again every every plot choice becomes a political statement or a war cry or something to cry against and it's like you know what that is context it's not context it falls outside of what the movie is what the movie's doing which is very life-affirming for both the jamie Foxx character and the tina Fey voiced character um and the all the voice work is good um so it's like you know what i can't listen to all that outside noise all i know is i watch soul i like soul i recommend soul okay and i i just hate that you know all this other noise kind of detracts from movies like this because it somehow becomes embedded into its legacy so i think that's unfortunate
1: I mean, it's a little surprising. Pixar usually does not get critically trounced. Usually.
0: I mean, I guess it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. You, If it's, you know, because it has uh, uh, black characters in this year of Reckoning, people are watching it differently. And not everyone, certainly, but the people that open their mouths
1: mm-hmm. a lot of
0: times, I think. Um, it. I think they brought in uh, a, a fellow creative uh, Kemp Powers. I should look up I should look up his name before this is done. but um, a black screenwriter and producer was brought in to help consult on the movie after it was initially written. and it was written by Pete Doctor, one of the big Pixar guys who was white. So so there is that.
1: But, well, it's nice to know that they, like, did their due diligence, at least, and they right. brought somebody in who would, you know, as as sort of a, like, I guess, kind of what in the book world we would call the sensitivity reader.
0: Exactly.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So to to bring somebody in to sort of say, um, hey, can you take a look at this and can you help us with this? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah
0: it's, it's, says, an, it's an irresponsible
1: movie. Yeah, it says here, yeah, it says here in the credits he's, he got a co-directing credit.
0: And he also wrote um, another movie that's coming out called One Night in Miami that Regina King has directed. That's coming out, I guess, early January. So it's a big year for him. Um, um, Yeah, I mean, I recommend it. It's not probably my favorite of the Pixar's, but it's certainly (laughs) nowhere near the bottom of the list. I would definitely watch it again. I'm looking forward to it, in fact. So so there, I I liked it. Yeah. In looking back on the year, there haven't been very many movies I have loved, 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 loved. And I've talked about them during the year, but since it is our year-end thing, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that two things that have stuck with me all year are TV shows. And one is called Work in Progress, which had its first season on Showtime in the winter. Mm -hmm. Uh before everything started. And the other one is Rami, which has two seasons that are currently found on Hulu. So I really um recommend those. And I think they speak in very artful but but not pandering ways to how we are currently living. So I really want to recommend those. And I want to recommend uh an author named Kevin Wilson who had published a book earlier this year called Nothing to See Here. Um and I think at the end of last year, also published a short story collection called "Baby, You're Gonna Be Mine." I think he's a terrific writer and and worth looking into. So I just want to throw those things out again if you happen to be listening now, but but had an earlier this year. When,
1: when uh, you said I, I want love. to rec- when you said I want to recommend an author and then you said with the k and I was like ah no. no you went to-
0: <laughs> but I would recommend you as El Greco probably <laughs> anyway dear.
1: But I was like, oh, how sweet. He's going to recommend me.
0: Well, you know I do recommend you. And for the record, for those who haven't listened to these before, I have even given her shout-outs for her work that's been published. So, yeah.
1: Oh, my God. I think, yeah, for me, and, you know, I I don't know that I've watched. Oh, God, have I watched a lot of I've I've watched a lot of TV this year. I don't know. I can't think of one movie that I've watched, and I know I've watched movies.
0: I don't think that's an accident. I mean, I think that's, we have a lot of content. I mean, we have a lot of great content. That's all.
1: Yeah. Like it's kind of crazy. And there's been so much that I've really enjoyed. I mean, the boys, I loved Um, my new fave, Cobra Kai. Um, what's the one with Killian uh, Murphy? Shit, that now is just escaping me. Is that Peaky Blinders? Um, yeah, Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Which I, you know, I watched. I know it wasn't this year, but we, I think we watched it at the beginning of this year. We finally caught up with it, and that I thought was fantastic. Like it's, it's really been a lot of a lot of TV stuff that I've been really excited about. Um, the Witcher, which was another. Yeah. Um, but yeah, movies not so much.
0: No, we'll see if that changes at all. I you know, I think we're in the middle of a a, a transition that we'll see what happens in the next few years with film. Um, yeah. and I don't think and I don't think COVID is the only reason why that is changing.
1: Yeah, but I think COVID really ex- COVID really it did, expanded, you, sure. you know, I mean, I mean, I will say like this whole thing about, you know, HBO Max is something I'm still definitely considering because, you know, Warner Brothers announced that they're that's where the whole they're putting slate it in- for 2021. Yeah. That's what. That's where 2021's movies are going, HBO Max. And it's like, well, okay, you know. And I and I think that this really is kind of a bit of a reckoning for the film industry. I mean, they'll survive, right? I, I, it'll just be different. We'll survive. Always...
0: It'll be different. All the people at the bottom of the food chain are the ones who will somehow be slighted as right. the shuffling continues. Right. That's I, what will
1: happen. I mean, anytime there's a new technology, Hollywood always gets kind of you know upended, and then. And then things change, you know, I I mean, it's sort of if you look at the music industry, uh, which I think is always very fascinating, a fascinating thing to look at um, and sort of how they fought the technology for so long until it was basically too late. And then it was inevitable. Yeah. Um, You know what I mean? Like, like, like streaming platforms with like Napster was really the, the, the beginning of the end, um. Yeah, they fought
0: now. against all of that file sharing and in the end
1: mm-hmm.
0: all music became files
1: yeah and in the end it's all on spotify and pandora and artists mm-hmm. are getting pennies per stream and it's actually now which is kind of a reversal of what it once uh, of what it was for decades um the artists are making money by performing live again and yeah, well, you know were. and in the <laughs> 80s that was you know that those live performances were basically upended by um by by MTV.
0: Yes.
1: You know, people would rather stay home and watch MTV than go see The Artist Live. So, um, yeah, so it's just kind of, uh, you know, interesting to sort of see how how film is adapting to, um, to streaming services and how they're not fighting it, I, I think, I, it seems like they're not fighting it um, as hard as the music industry did. I guess they're, you know, lessons learned, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think they're there again.
1: You know, although, I mean, I do think there is something to say uh, to watching a movie in a big theater. The
0: experience is completely different. Um, The engagement is completely different. But consumer trends have been moving in this direction for years before COVID anyway.
1: I mean, and there just is no, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe my, maybe it's a tolerance level thing. Maybe, you know, maybe it's having been to having done private screenings. God, it makes me sound like a little snot, but like being in these private screening rooms and doing press screenings and stuff like that, which I did for a number of years for clients. Um, it was just so pleasurable, like, it was, like, you have, like, those really big, comfortable chairs. I mean, granted, yeah. there's soda and popcorn, you know, but nobody was misbehaving. Like, you know, you weren't getting sort of stepped on. Somebody wasn't kicking your seat. Everybody was quiet. You could just, like, watch the movie with maybe, yeah, like... and
0: you're talking about a moment in time that was largely before
1: people on their cell phones the whole time, too. Yeah, like, it was just like a total, like, it was like such a, I was like, ah, oh, this is the way to watch movies. And now, like, you know, like I said, like, I have to show up, you know, three hours early to get the seat I want. And, you know, far, far away from everybody. <laughs>
0: yeah, especially now.
1: Oh, yeah, especially now. I mean, this is like before COVID times. And, like, you know, the the floor is sticky. and. <laughs> you, yeah. You, so like what happened in here before I came in, I don't want to know and, I mean I don't know if that's a product of age or if this is just you know like i like I don't know like or having had the experience for a while of you years, years watching movies in a different way it's both okay, but it's
0: definitely age is a part
1: of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just old and cranky. <laughs>
0: Well, you've just seen it when it was better. Then we know better. And that's what happens as you get older. You see it get worse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like my most like I love um, I love watching. Oh, oh, God, I used to sneak away um, when I would do, you know, have to work matinees um, and then evening shows. And so I would like s- sneak away after the curtain time of the matinee and I would go to Times Square and I would go see a movie. Um, but I would go, I would go see like the least popular ones.
0: Oh, that was (laughs) always
1: me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it was like me and three other people in the theater and it would be like this huge, like AMC, like huge theater. And it was like literally nobody in the theater. And that was great too.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I saw a few movies, even like in the big theaters where I was one of two or three people that happened a lot.
1: Yeah, and that was great. But then, like, how do you like? How do you survive, like, selling for two to three people? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: I don't know. I don't know how they can survive moving forward.
1: Yeah. So, anyway.
0: We don't have the answers, guys. We just have recommendations. Yeah. You have- know what I wanted to say? Just because yeah. I'm always looking back in time at different movies of significance and their anniversaries um one of my favorite movies opened 25 years ago today which one? dead Dead man walking with susan sarandon and sean wonderful which i think is a fantastic close to perfect movie um that no one talks about anymore um so i'm just throwing it back out into the ether
1: yeah you're right nobody does talk about that anymore and that is a terrific movie
0: because that was me you know in high school Everyone else was off seeing like Toy Story and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna see Dead Deadman walking now. Off to see leaving Las Vegas. Bye guys. <laughs> you know, they're like, Oh, we're going to Home Alone too. It's like, oh I'm seeing Howard's End.
1: Bye. <laughs> you hate that home alone kid.
0: Well, now I don't. Now I embrace it like wholeheartedly. <laughs> but then I was like, ugh. Uh, I'm and with that, I think um we will sign off and um let you guys ring in your new year in <laughs> whatever way you think works this year. Yeah,
1: I know. Yeah, I was I was at the grocery store tonight um just prior to doing this podcast and I saw the very very sad New Year's Eve display. It was like, you know, three Mardi Gras beads and a <laughs> blowy horn. So sad. So sad.
0: Well, We'll be having pigs in a blanket, which is at least a tradition for us. So there's that.
1: Oh, I'll be in bed by nine.
0: Yeah. Don't expect to wake up and find the world any different.
1: It's all the same. All right. So Happy New Year to all. Goodbye, 2020. Thank you guys for
0: everything. We love having your support. Um, We wish you continued health and safety and, if possible, happiness.
1: And we'll see you next year.
0: See you next year on the Boulevard. Bye.